This week I've been on the receiving end of some invalidation. How does one navigate tricky emotions and feelings associated with that experience? Uh, in this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about how one can have em empathy for those you disagree with. And just to note that empathy does not mean you agree or condone with the behavior of another. Sim it simply means that you are able to understand where the other person is coming from. So join me today if you're struggling with similar sorts of experiences. I hope that this episode is helpful to you. And just know that you're not alone. Hey, what's up, my friends? It's Devin here, the psychiatrist. Welcome to the Huddle Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host. In this podcast, we talk about models, frameworks, concepts that help you navigate complexity in life. In particular, there's an emphasis on empathy. So <clears throat> this week, I'm going to talk about empathy for those that disagree with you and empathy for those you disagree with. How do we navigate that? In the past week, uh, it's been quite interesting. Um, you will have noted if you've been reading the news, um, all the hoo-ha about the Supreme Court in the USA overturning Roe v. Wade. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty. Um, it's, a, it's a complex, complicated, emotionally charged topic. And I don't know if I have the energy to get into that, but maybe, maybe I might do that at a later date. The thing that I see is that there's, um, <clears throat> there's a conflation between issues related to the rights of women to choose for themselves and the right to life. I think those issues are separate and should not be conflated. But, but hey, there it is. I think that makes it very messy for both sides of the argument to make their point. Anyway, lots of vitriol from either side of the argument. Very difficult to watch and see. People who, who I think actually um, value the same thing, but for some reason they've artificially set up this barrier between themselves and have started slinging mud at one another because they've got hurt feelings. That's an oversimplification, but, um, you know, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. Anyway, <clears throat> it's difficult for them. Um, how do we have empathy for those we disagree with? Well, it takes some hard work, but you have to commit because and there's a reason why you have or you should commit to this approach um, in life because in life we have to deal with people and people different walks um, of, of life, different perspectives. Um, empathy works. Empathy is not sympathy or pity. It's not um, condoning or agreeing with another person's behavior or line of thinking, as I said earlier. You're just trying to understand where the other person is coming from. And why, why do you want to do that? Well, well, you want to do that because if you're like me, I mean, you know, you, I mean, Okay, everyone's not like me. I'm not like you. You're an individual. Uh, 
It's great to live in harmony, isn't it? How great would it be if all of us live and learn how to empathize with one another? Learn to recognize each other's autonomy, not tread on each other's toes. Let's appreciate each other's uniqueness and difference. Let's just leave each other alone if we're all, <clears throat> you know, if our goal is to make the world a better place in our own way, why interfere with someone else's business? Anyway, that's just my opinion, but uh, we want to live and not encroach on the liberties of others. But of course, if we see that people are doing something obviously wrong, then we might say something. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe you should get your facts straight first before you, you go and um, accuse someone of wrongdoing. So I think empathy is a valid way of approaching life and people. You need to have empathy for people. I'm going to tell you some things that are going to help you to have empathy for people as a starting point before you go and point the finger. I'm going to give you three or four key concepts to help you with this. Um, and it's also going to help you to empathize with those who disagree with you, those who point the finger at you. Why are they doing that? Um, the first thing is to have unconditional positive regard. In other words, you're giving the other person the benefit of the doubt. What it means is that you take the other person and what they bring to you at face value, without any judgment, any emotional overlay, personal projections, assumptions, preconceived ideas. If you have automatic thoughts, that's normal, but park them, you know, park them for now. It's very difficult, I agree, it's very difficult, I know, believe me, I know. But if you're going to want, uh, if you're going to practice empathic living, it's a skill that we all have to improve on and learn. We need to learn how to be, um, we, we need to learn how to give people unconditional positive regard as a starting point. How do you use it? Uh, how, how do you how to use it does take time to develop and it does require something of a thick, a thick skin, as people like to say, you know, being able to take what comes at you, but not take it to heart, so to speak. It's very difficult. I realize that. But it really can help if you can <clears throat> park yourself and reflect rather than react initially. Of course, there are times when you have to react. Uh, but if you know, um, if you're self-aware, I think you may be better placed at fig figuring out when to apply some reactivity as opposed to reflectivity. Is that a word? I don't know. Anyway. It can be disarming um, to, to apply unconditional positive regard when you are on the receiving end of a barrage of what feels like a personal attack from your interlocutor. Um, you know, they, they might be expecting you to react 
in a way that's equally vitriolic, but, but you don't because you've somehow managed to suspend your personal emotions, your reactivity, because you've decided right there and then to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. You give them some unconditional positive regard. It's disarming for the other person. They might um, soften their stance. Of course they might not. Um, but if you can be reflective rather than reactive, I think you, I think you get the upper hand. Because if you're able to um, take some of the emotion out of the equation, it makes it easier for you to see um, certain flaws in the arguments, um, you know, because you're not hyped up on adrenaline trying to just survive under threat. You're able to think more rationally. <clears throat> and you may even have a rational discussion with them, or you might not. Uh, but, I mean, the key concept here is to have unconditional positive regard. Um, you don't have to, of course, but if you're trying to empathize with them, that's a key thing that you have to employ. Unconditional positive regard. Um, the second concept that I think is, uh, is also really important is this idea of accurate empathizing which does relate a little bit to what I was talking about earlier, suspending your personal projections onto another person. Um, it's, <clears throat> it's important to try and paraphrase and recheck your understanding of what it is that the other person is trying to say to you. From my experience, in more cases than not, they're coming from a place of, uh, emotion um, personified as well. And it, they may not actually have a good grasp of what it is that they're actually wanting to, to say. Some of the accusations and allegations they lob at you are based on, um, you, you know, little more than hearsay or just emotional reactivity because they fail to understand you as a person or, or a professional, they don't understand how you operate. And because you're different, um, they respond in a way that's uh, overly, um, what's the word, harsh or uh, hostile. Organizations don't like people who are different. They like people to fall in line and toe the line. The message can be confused or wrap, wrapped up in rhetoric. And you know, uh, there's emotionally charged words. The person that speaks to you may not, um, may, not be, may not be able to helpfully convey their message to you in a way that actually makes a lot of sense because they're struggling with their own emotions. Um, you have to check and recheck what the message actually is that they're trying to give to you. So you can ask them questions, you know, throw it back at them and say, so what are you, what are you actually saying? Um, you know, how, how does this actually affect you? you know, to, like, well, what, 
what is the problem here? Can you actually define what the problem is that you're trying to bring to me? Can you give me some specifics so that I can make sense of what it is you're trying to say? But in order to do that, you have to be in the present moment and not being overly reactive. You have to be able to reflect on what they're trying to say to you. And if you feel confused, it's probably because they're confused as well. Don't be afraid to throw it back at them. What do you mean? Give me some examples. How does those, you know, what are you trying, yeah, what are you trying to say? What do you, what do you, what do you want? Don't project your assumptions. Don't project your feelings onto them because that's what they're doing with you. Be reflective rather than reactive. But one of the problems with local government health boards here in New Zealand is that many people within that organization are subject to groupthink. Groupthink. And of course, there's merits in cohesiveness. In, I mean, in... There's merits in having a, a cohesive team. In particular, if a team is in pursuit of a particular goal or good. But the values of the team, um, when, when you look at each individual in the team, while they're committed to uphold certain values, it's unlikely that they're going to express those values in the same way. They're going to be different because they're different people. How can you expect individuals within the team to act all the same way? Unless you're the Borg, right? You remember the Borg in Star Trek? You know, these, these weird aliens that kind of just follow each other and they assimilate with one another and they've got no, no soul. They just kind of do what each other do. They don't have a brain. Maybe they have a collective brain. <clears throat> I mean, they, people may look similar, but they won't be exactly the same. So I don't subscribe to this idea of cohesion for the sake of compliance or following the herd. You know, I'm, I'm sorry that might be a bit of a straw man, but you know, if the focus is on team cohesion, the trade-off might be a diminution in originality. Groupthink in government DHB services or health services, in my opinion, is very real. When it comes to serving a dynamic and heterogeneous group of people or patients, groupthink means that people will fail to recognize the need to change, adapt, learn, think differently, which is really important when you're dealing with people with heterogeneous mental health presentations. And so people that work outside of the organization outside of that groupthink mentality, unfortunately might be treated with derision or suspicion, doing what you do in the service of helping individual people. Everyone is different. So you need to adapt. You need to do things that are different for, you know, different strokes for different folks, right? But we have to have empathy for those within our organizations who are victims of groupthink. Listen, let's celebrate the fact that you are unique. You're an original. You go against the herd. You might feel alone because you've dared to do such things. But you're not alone. There are others out there like you. We're in this together. My friend, it's very difficult, but let's have empathy for those colleagues who are stuck in groupthink.
we have to have empathy for those who disagree with us as well. I, I mean, we want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, because if we value difference in our lives, right, we have to value our colleagues' points of view as well. We can't be so arrogant to think that we're so clever that we know everything, because we don't. We're going to accept the point of view. We can't accept our point of view as the be-all and end-all of how the world should be. It's important for us to be able to take in dissenting views and other perspectives so that we can grow ourselves. So we have to be empathic, fully empathic. Empathy, I think, is a wholesome way of being. I think in the long run, it serves ourselves and our fellow man well. That's, that's enough from me, my friends, this week. I hope that was useful to you. I hope that you got something out of that. Just to remind you that the practice of discipline, sorry, the practice of empathic discipline is available now. Go to the website, www.huddlewisdom.com forward slash practice. Go and sign up for it um, because time is short. You know, our kids' lives are short. They're not kids forever. We only have so much time to help them master their emotions, help them to make good choices, and teach them how to empathize with themselves and others. The practice of empathic discipline. I, I teach you a number of principles which will stand you and your kids, your students, your families in good stead. I believe it makes people better human beings if we can be empathic with one another. I want to teach you that. I want to teach that to your kids, your students. I teach that to you. So get the practice of empathic discipline. It's good for you. It's good for your health. It's good for the world. It's good for kids. HuddleWisdom.com forward slash practice. You can check out the free resources as well, including the Empathic Connection Kickstarter, which I think is a great introduction to the idea of empathizing with others. You can get that from uh, huddlewisdom.com forward slash Jedi Mind. It's free. Go to the website. Hang out with me there. Hope to see you within the uh, course platforms. Um... Well, that's it for me this week, my friends, my fellow, fellow, my fellow huddlers. It's Devon. I'm a psychiatrist, regular family guy. I've been your host here on the Huddle Wisdom Podcast. Who else is going to host this podcast? Devon, it's me. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Any questions or concerns? Post them on... Uh, the website i'll answer any questions you have on the courses on the blog you can comment on the blog and ask me questions there as well it'll be great because i can then tailor content to be as helpful as possible to you so yeah with that i'm gonna sign off now my friends have a great week and i'll see you next week thanks my friends bye